Hey, this is Chris Johnson, pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and builds your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. Made it through. Uh, okay, today's verse today is from the epistle reading, 1 Peter uh, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. And I'm going to read it for you today. First uh, Peter chapter 4, verses 7 through 11. So in the ESV, it says, uh, the end of all things is at hand. In the NIV, it says, the end is near. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that everything God may, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Okay. Um, a lot of times we start off because we know that there's a lot of people watching online as well as people here. And so we've tried to make this service pretty interactive. And so we've got Pastor Matt over there in, in the light. <laughs> uh, and we are going to ask our first question. And the, the first question is this. Um, you can text your responses to Pastor Matt at 407-842-8884. Again, 407-842-8884. Or you can, if you're following along online, you can do that um, on Facebook or on YouTube as well. So the first question today, uh, which might bring you a giggle, is this. Have you ever had an awkward religious experience? Have you ever had an awkward experience in a church? Don't answer today. Uh, have you ever had an awkward experience when it comes to religion or when it comes to church? That's the first question. And I wonder if Peter knew what his words were going to mean a few hundred years uh, later. And I wonder if he knew what we would do with these words, the end is near. I wonder if he knew what we would do with these words if he actually would have written them. Let me explain. So I know we have a lot of uh, high school students, a lot of confirmation students. I'm, you know, let's just go off the script for a second. Let me offer you a piece of advice. This is free. You don't have to put anything else in the offering plate for this. This is a free piece of advice right here. When I went to college at the illustrious University of Iowa, I, um, <laughs> that's a joke, I, um, I, I thought to myself my freshman year, I'm going to do something really smart that my friends are not doing. I'm going to take all my classes super early in the morning and be done by noon when all these other people are just waking up and going to class. And then I can wave at them and say, ha ha, my day is done. That was a horrible idea. That was an absolutely horrible idea. It turns out I forgot that I'm kind of, back then I was kind of a night person. And so I would stay up really late, and then I would wake up, and I'd have to wake up. You know, if you have an 8 o'clock class, gentlemen, uh, if you have an 8 o'clock class, you have to wake up by at least 7.30, 7.40 to make it. And so I, <laughs> I would wake up, 
and I would walk down Johnson Street at the corner of Johnson and Burlington, and I, I would walk through the Ped Mall, the pedestrian mall, right by the old Capitol, and it was very picturesque, and it was very beautiful. And uh, I, the first time I did that at like 7.45 in the morning, I'm like, see, I, this is great, this is great, no problem. I'm going to be done with class. And then uh, literally a week into it, I was regretting my life. Um, and so I'm walking through the pedestrian mall there, and I hear this guy at 7.40 in the morning, and he's, he's screaming. He's just screaming. And he's on some kind of, like, little pedestal. And, and he is literally saying the words, the end is near. The end is near. You need to change your life because the end is near. And I'm thinking, this is way too early for a sermon but that's what we were getting. You see, this guy was a street preacher. He was a street preacher. And, uh, and he really didn't care too much about his appearance. He was wearing certainly not the best clothes in the world. And he looked very haggard. And he just looked angry. And he was screaming at everybody that would pass by. The end is near. Stop your drinking. The end is near. Stop your I've got to keep it PG. Uh, your other things that you do in life, the end is near. And, and so what would happen is that as you would walk to class, uh, there would be this gentleman right here, and you would see a lot of people just kind of beelining around and trying to avoid. And then, you know, this was 1991, so none of us had cell phones, but you would, like, pull out a book and pretend you're reading. You would not make eye contact with this street preacher. But inevitably, he would gun you down and look at you and make you feel completely like a rotten sinner that was going to burn in hell, which was awful as you were walking to your class and already late. Um, and so the reason I bring that up, oh, wait, I asked a question. Go ahead. Do we have any people that have other awkward experiences with religious folks? Yes. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. And by the way, we stopped doing that years ago. No, I'm just Right. Well, the first time, first time I came to eight o'clock service here, I was like, yeah, 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 I get that. Yeah, you can feel uncomfortable quick. Um, Alex Litwin stopped me on the way out from the last service, and he was, uh, he grew up in a Russian Orthodox church, and when he moved to New York, he went to an Episcopal church, and he was doing confirmation, and apparently the priest came down with this gigantic ring, and he didn't know he was supposed to kiss the ring of the Episcopal, and the guy like smacked him in the face. He said. So a lot of smacking going on in different churches. Eh? It's weird. You don't get away with that. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. a lot of people, um, 
a lot of people have uh, witnessed these street preachers that I talk about, and, and they they would scream and uh, they would scream at you for awful behaviors. And a lot of people would make fun of this guy. A lot of people knew him. They would see him every day. They would make fun of him. Uh, other people would try to debate him, which was senseless. And, and most people just try to avoid him to get to class. But I tell you what, like when I think about this and I think about how this phrase has been misused, um, I think about that street preacher because more frightening than his appearance was his words that he said. And I can't remember a lot of things, but I can remember that street preacher screaming at me you know, the entire first year of my uh, University of Iowa uh, thing and walking to class. And it's hard to forget. It's hard to forget when somebody tells you the end is near. Um, now, you don't have to be, um, have a similar experience to me to understand that, like, that phrase has been misused a lot. In fact, if you Google the end is near, and you Google the end is near cartoons, you'll see like hundreds of examples of animals and people uh, and things where like the cartoonist is making fun of this statement. Um, and the church really hasn't done that great with these words either. Uh, my point is that the church has thrown these words out, the end is near, so repent, so many times that the world has started to use these words against us. Now, these words are used against the church many times to make us kind of feel like um, sometimes the world uses these words against us to make the church look like it's antisocial or angry or that we hate people or that if you walk in, I've literally had a friend of mine said, I can't come to church at your place because I know if I walk in, I'm just going to start on fire. And I'm like, no, you're not. And that's not what we're here for. There's no way that Peter knew what we would do with these words when he wrote this letter. But you know what? Even if Peter knew what we would do with these words as a church, I believe that he still would have wrote them. Let me explain. Peter wasn't concerned with what the church would do with these words. The end is near. Peter was concerned more about these words, what these words would do to the church. What these words would do to the church. Peter didn't write these words for the world. He wrote them for the church. Listen to this. Peter writes, the end is near. And what follows after this? What follows after Peter says the end is near? Does he say, the end is near, therefore, you know what you should do? You should think of every cruddy thing that you've done over the last 10 years, and you should make a laundry list and because the end is near. No, no, that's not what he says. He says the end is near. Therefore, be self-controlled and sober-minded for the sake of your prayers. He's offering a piece of advice. He's saying, hey, maybe as a Christian, we are going to live a life of prayer. And in order to have a life of prayer, in order to have the kingdom of God like present in our life, then maybe it's a good idea to be self-controlled and not fly off the handle every once in a while, every, every so often. Maybe it's not such a great idea to not be sober-minded when you pray. Because as a Christian, we should live a life of prayer. But then after that, he says this, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly. Like, check out the difference in this. He's not screaming. Peter's not screaming to the church, You've got to change absolutely everything. No, he's saying, you should love people earnestly. You know why? Because Christ loved you earnestly. 
And then he goes on to say this. He says, love covers a multiple of sins. You're going to screw up, but guess what? If you love people earnestly and you're not a selfish jerk, that's going to cover a lot of stuff. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. I love that. (laughs) Show hospitality to people and don't say, hey, remember when I did this for you? Show hospitality without grumbling. As each has received a gift, use use it to serve one another. You weren't blessed by God with gifts so that you could hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. VBS song coming back. I don't know. One who serves by the strength that God supplies in order that in everything God may be glorified. And then this beautiful doxology. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. It's so cool what Peter does here. He says, yes, the end is near. So you know what? The end is near. So what we should do is we should love people. What we should do is serve people. That's a sharp contrast to what I heard, you know, walking in Iowa City. And here's the cool thing. The cool thing is that God is like alive in all of our small actions and everything we do. And regardless of what church would do with them, God wants to see like the reflection of Jesus in each and every one of us. And he continues to preach these words. Jesus continues to preach these words when he's on the cross. Think about that. Like, we think that we've been persecuted. Jesus was forsaken by his followers. Jesus was forsaken by his father. Remember, he says that on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? On Good Friday, we say it every year. Jesus is forsaken by his followers, by his, his, his father, by everyone else. And yet, he still has, he still has the greatest sermon of all time. Jesus still has the greatest sermon of all time. It, it helps that he's God. But here's the point. He's got the greatest sermon of all time, and it's the shortest sermon of all time. Jesus is on the cross. He's beaten. He's embarrassed. He's bloody. He's forsaken. He stands right there. He's hanging on the cross. And he says this. He says this. Anybody know what he says? The last words of Jesus. It is finished. The greatest sermon in human history. The shortest sermon in human history. Jesus says, it is finished. While he's being taunted. While people are saying, hey, if he's God, he can pull himself down. He can pull himself down. No, he says it's finished. You know what's finished? Is the guilt that comes from sin because Jesus took it to the cross and he ended it. It is finished. Those words, whenever I start to feel guilty, remind me of the guilt that I don't have to feel anymore because Jesus took it to the cross. Yes, we should be people who repent. Yes, we should be people who love. Yes, we should be people who forgive because that's who Jesus is to us. But at some point, we have to say, it is finished. 
and be reminded of the greatest sermon of all time. God is committed to saving sinners and sanctifying believers. Last question for today. (laughs) Show of hands. I'm not going to go to you, Pastor Matt. Show of hands. How many people have ordered anything off of Amazon? Show of hands. How many people have ordered something from Amazon this week? (laughs) Show of hands. Now that I mentioned Amazon, how many people have an itch to go to their phone to order something from Amazon right now? Okay. The whole upper row up there, yes. Fantastic. I just lost you all. Um, Yeah. So here's the good thing about Amazon, right? Amazon, you order something from Amazon, and you get the Prime. And it comes like you can order something, and literally in three hours, it's at your doorstep. It's amazing. Or if you have Prime, the next day it comes. And we're kind of spoiled, right? Because, like, it just gets there so quick. And if you don't have Prime, it literally feels like, what, are they delivering it on a pony? Come on. This is is ridiculous. This is going to take three days? Silly. What are we uh, doing, sending telegraphs now? But the point is, Jesus leaves and he says, there is going to be someone who follows me and is the advocate. He delivered. He's promising that there's going to be a package delivered. But he doesn't say it's going to be prime. He says that there's a package that's going to be delivered and he's going to help you through the tough junk of this life. Of course, that package is the Holy Spirit. So after Jesus dies and and three days later, he rises. And then he's got the ascension. And then it's still some time, and the believers are like, oh, remember when Jesus said he was going to send somebody? Uh, when is that coming? And they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited until Pentecost. And then the Holy Spirit is present. See, our God is not somebody who is not living and active, who doesn't love us who just created this world and said, well, I hope you figure it out. No way. Our God is an amazing God who gave us his word, whose word is living and active, who wants to be in relationship with each and every one of us. And our God is a God who gave us the Holy Spirit that would guide and direct us, that would help us to advocate for Jesus. Man, good stuff. The same God that spoke this place into existence is the same God that wants to be in relationship with each and every one of us. You see, God is at work in this world. Make no mistake about it. Even if you walk outside tomorrow and there's not a burning bush that says, you should do this. No, see, that's probably not going to happen. But you know what's going to happen is this that we remember the times where the Holy Spirit has worked in our life. We remember the times that we've actually prayed to God and, and something miraculous has happened. Because Peter writes this letter and he tells the people about it because he's writing to a church that was persecuted and he's telling them, keep up the good fight because I know that you've said prayers and they haven't been answered. I know that you've had a hard time. I know you want to stop loving people because people are difficult. Amen? There's only because of the Holy Spirit in Jesus that we can get up in the morning 
that we can walk by and that we can love. You know, there was finally one other street preacher in this world. He was battered. He was rejected. He was scoffed at. He didn't have very good clothes. In fact, he was naked on a cross. He was beaten, persecuted, made fun of. That street preacher was Jesus Christ. That street preacher was Jesus Christ. Here's the difference. That street preacher came to tell each and every one of us that we are loved and that we are children of God. And he will not stop spreading that message through his people. In his name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to take a moment now, and we are going to um, hand it over to Pastor Matt for the online people. We're also going to take an opportunity to collect the offering. I want to just thank everybody. Um, you guys have been such joyful givers that we've been able to continue our support of so many local charities, even through the pandemic. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.